Listening Dog Media. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and joining me for the final time this season, it's the lady, the one of the few who's delighted the season's come to an end, purely because she's a Manchester United fan, it's Uh, Hayley McQueen. That is very true. Normally, the last day of the season is quite exciting for me. This week, I chose to work and it was a complete non-event. Hayley, I was having a discussion elsewhere and one of the topics, when, you know, when we've done our awards and we were having a discussion about underachiever of the season and thinking it was going to be a singular about a player and, and it pops Man United as one of the answers. <laughs> the <laughs> whole Hayley. damn team. She's not up for this, yeah. is she? A complete oh, no. and utter bashing of Manchester United. Well, look, you heard her perk up just there, as usual, rounding off our trio. She'll be sad the season's over, but if that means joining her beloved Wolves players on the beach or having an extended lion, that's okay. It's Lindsay Hooper. (laughs) An extended lion is the last show of the season and I've overslept this morning. My phone was going. I went, oh, I don't need to set an alarm. I'll be up with the larks. I have a puppy. I'm going to be up. No, dog asleep, Lindsay asleep. So um, apologies, ladies. You obviously needed it. Yes, absolutely. Well, there you go. Uh, she may have been sleepy a few minutes ago, but she's wide awake now. And Hayley McQueen <laughs> at work recording this, at ready and raring to go. So we better get on with it. So if you would like Ooh. to subscribe, please do. You can check back some previous episodes. Do that via your favourite podcasting app. You can catch us on Twitter during the summer as well. Don't forget, at Offside Rule Pod. And you can get in touch with us via our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Well, coming up on the show with Jack Grealish having a wonderful time at Manchester Mm. City's title celebrations, she says through gritted teeth. Uh, We'll talk about our favourite stories from those euphoric moments. And with the transfer window just around the corner, we're going to outline some exciting moves that have already been completed. What's up on the chalkboard already? But first, we're going to give grades out. Okay, this is the end of school, end of term report for every Premier League club uh, for their work, their attitude, their effort and their attainment this season. 
All right, well, it's over. It's done. After 38 games of endless drama, the Premier League 2021-22 season is finished. Today, we're going to run through every Premier League club to give them a ranking for their campaign, running from A star to F. You'll note that I think these are old school GCSE grades rather than the numbers that the kids get these days, which I think would just fry our brain entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've got a selection of seven different grades. We'll take it team by team. And I'll ask you to be fairly brief on this, ladies, if that's okay. Should we start at the top and go down to the bottom? Uh, We'll see if the grades are in alignment with their table finishes. Lindsay, let's begin with you in Manchester. To City, please. Well, after retaining their title, and this is four titles in the last five possible for Manchester City, so they are they are taking over the Premier League, I think it's clear to say. We have to give them an A for achieving that. I think the Premier League is the biggest achievement. I'm going to go out there and say, yes, the competition in the Champions League is clearly a very high level, but to sustain over a 40-game season, to be at the end in that top spot, I think is the real task. Um, And and the Premier League, as we know, has such quality in it that at some points you can, as per Arsenal, be bottom of the league at the start and finish Mm. uh, just outside Champions League by the end. So it has a lot of variety to it. I think for Manchester City to stay the course, they do deserve that A grade. We can't give them an A star because of them losing out in other areas. They lost on penalties to West Ham in the Carabao Cup fourth round, beaten by Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-finals 3-2, uh, Real Madrid in the in the semi-finals of the Champions League, which we'll skip over as well. So they can't get the star because of that element. Gotcha. And before we start getting carried away in future years about their attacking prowess, especially now they've got Haaland Mm. in the side. Let me give a bit of credit to the defence. It's the second best Premier League defence ever uh, for Manchester City, conceding 26 goals. They've only lost fewer games in one season prior to that, which was in 2017-18. And uh, 93 points, that's not bad, is it? Their third best tally. So I'll focus on how great they were at the back, knowing that they're going to be even better up front mm. next season. Now, you know, we've got 20 teams to do. Yeah, and I'm going to be Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This is this is what I've got to weigh in with. So Hayley McQueen, uh, the task for you is to be zippier, if you can, and tell me what you've <laughs> okay. awarded Liverpool, please. But that, that's OK, because Man City are the champions. They deserve their time. I, I'm almost tempted to give Liverpool an A star. N- Okay, if we were just talking Premier League, of course not, because they finished second. They finished second for the second time in four seasons, in fact. But they have got their third best points tally in their history, 23 more points than last season. So an A star in terms of improvement. They have also got to the final of every single competition that they have played in. They got to the Carabao Cup final, they won it. They got to the FA Cup final, they did that cup double. Yes, they just missed out on the Premier League, but I think it was incredible from Jurgen Klopp to have closed the gap that they were 14 points behind, remember, at one stage, which is why he also, I think, won the LMA managers uh, manager of the year at the, the awards uh, last night that I went to. So so for me, I just think it's it has been an incredible season for Liverpool. I wish you luck, Kate, in, in Paris, but you are up against uh, one of the greatest teams in Europe ever. <laughs> And we'll see how that pans out. Yes, delightful. Okay, well, I have got Chelsea and I'm going to go C for Chelsea because they lost two finals on penalties. They're expected to challenge for the title, but they ended up finishing 19 points behind Manchester City. But the reason why it's not all bad is that they are on seven more points 
than last season. In fact, they haven't finished with more than 74 points since Conte's title win in 16-17. So uh, it's been a campaign of mixed affairs. Overall, should have done better. They've had a lot to contend with off the pitch. Their form was really good, actually, wasn't it, after that club sale was announced? But they really, really tailed off towards the end of the season. So they're going for a a middle-of-the-road, generally all-round, okay, but would expect more from a club like Chelsea C. Lindsay, Spurs. Yes, Spurs finishing fourth. I'm going for a solid B. I think they were the best equipped for Champions League football out of Spurs and Arsenal. Uh, The reason being that Manchester City and Liverpool didn't get too many points off Spurs this season. In fact, Manchester City got zero. Liverpool only got two off them. And when Conte took over in November... Spurs were ninth in the table. They managed to get into that top four. So a solid B. They haven't overperformed or over-delivered, but a nice solid rating, I think, all round after what had been a disappointing start. OK, Hayley, Arsenal in fifth. Well, do we give them a B- minus then, Arsenal? Um, they are eight points and three places better off than last season. They have conceded nine more, but they've had some really impressive wins, haven't they, on their route to trying to secure Champions League football. Spurs, Man United, Chelsea and West Ham But unfortunately, they have lost against teams badly, haven't they, as well, who are struggling towards the bottom of the table. Your likes of um, Newcastle, who were struggling at the time, uh, Everton Palace, Brentford, Southampton. I think what Arteta has done is actually tried to bring in a few youngsters from, from Arsenal's academy, which isn't what it used to be. However, I think we're looking forward to seeing a little bit more of of some young players coming through next season. Managed to get rid of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in January that didn't actually cause too many issues for them for the rest of the season. I think... Mikel Arteta and the fact that he endured a lot of scrutiny, didn't he, over his position at the very start of the season. It was a terrible run. Their first three games, so, so poor. Three defeats it was, wasn't it? But he's had a young side who absolutely battled through and I think they deserve a B-. minus. I'm going to go Manchester United in sixth and give them an E for everywhere needs an overhaul. Sorry, Manchester United fans. Hayley, cover your ears now. 58 points they finished on, their worst ever Premier League season and their lowest tally since 1990. A whopping 35 points behind City and that's going to hurt. They ended up with a goal difference of nil zero. Their worst defence in the Premier League era. They conceded four more than relegated Burnley, for goodness sake only kept eight clean sheets all season. They were disastrous in the Cups and at Old Trafford as well, which is where this really hurts. Uh, Lost uh, to West Ham in the Carabao Cup at Old Trafford, the FA Cup to Middlesbrough at Old Trafford, uh, bombed out in the last 16 of the Champions League to Atletico Madrid at Old Trafford. And if we're sticking the knife in, there was that 5-0 defeat at home to Liverpool, wasn't there? A terrible season. They had two managers during the season, Solskjaer and Ranić. Michael Carrick, I suppose, if you count temporary as well. So a uh, disjointed in management. And in terms of the players, well, Ralph Raniuk spoke last week of a lack of team spirit and togetherness, which sums it up entirely. So E for Manchester United. Well, I was prepared to give West Ham an A star for their season for obvious reasons. Then on the final day, being beaten by Brighton 3-1 just took the edge 
off. So I'm going to knock the star off. I'm going to go West Ham A. They've only dropped one place despite playing in 12 Europa League games. Uh, they got to the semi-finals uh, of that competition. But it's also the calibre of opposition in the Premier League that they've managed to beat, like Liverpool. They drew against Man City. Uh, they've just been impressive all round. Had some impressive performances as well from individuals like Jared Bowen, who I think deserves some praise. So West Ham A. Hayley, on to Leicester. Hmm. Okay. I'm torn between Leicester with a B and maybe a B minus. But I think B, considering what they've done with the players that they were missing, of course, this season. Okay, they only won 14 league games. It's actually the fewest since the um, 2017-18 season. They, They actually haven't had a lower points tally since that same year. But they're overachievers aren't they so it feels like they are underachieving but goodness me what they managed to get out of Madison for the rest of the season those last four games was absolutely incredible and Barnes as well they they're two individuals who've had incredible seasons they've got breakthrough star as well Keane and Dewsbury Hall coming through but they managed to do very well considering they had no Wesley Fofana Johnny Evans Jamie Vardy out for periods of the season Wilfred and Didi as well they had that late season rally I guess which was helped by the you know goal scoring maestro that is James Madison that I I think did help them yes we were maybe expecting them to finish in a, in a potential top six position, maybe a European place. But was that just being a little bit too ambitious? Maybe it was. So, yeah, I think B minus, I think another top eight finish alongside a European semi-final. I think Brendan Rodgers should actually be quite proud of what he's achieved. Maybe just B then. OK, I'm going to stick with a B. There we go. <laughs> OK, uh, on to Brighton. Well, we mull over Haley's indecision. Brighton, I've gone for a B minus. Look, finished on 51 points, 10 more than last year. Their highest finish in their 120-year history. So uh, let's not forget what they've achieved as a team. Maybe B minus is a bit harsh. Uh, but their season for me, brilliant at the beginning, brilliant at the end. And there was that Mardi bit in between, wasn't there? 13 games without a win and then five successive league defeats. They only lost one of their final nine games. As I said, it was good at the beginning and at the end. Their away form has dramatically improved and that has definitely added weight to their grading. Uh, They lost fewer away games than every team in the Premier League, Bar City, Liverpool and Chelsea. A great season, but still work to do at Brighton. Lindsay. I'm going to match you with a B minus for Wolves in 10th. I think we all have to agree that at one point Wolves were really overperforming. They were they were up there even in contention for Champions League football at one stage. Mm. Um they'd been keeping one of the best defenses in Europe at another. Uh, clearly there is still work to do and I think the way that the season tailed off really shows that no wins in the final seven games five defeats in those it's not a good way to finish and they plummeted down the table looking like they were set for at least eighth to finish tenth that says it all really so the minus comes from there otherwise Wolves you might have been on for a B Mm, Newcastle Hayley I'm definitely giving Newcastle a B and that's pretty much down to the second half of the season. And since Eddie Howe came in, my goodness, what a job he has done. They looked like they were ready for the drop, didn't they? That they might be battling uh, with those other teams in, in the relegation places. But goodness me, they were 19th when he took over. They finished 11th 
11th place. Um, they were actually ranked sixth for points gained under Eddie Howe, three points off eighth place Leicester. So I just think absolutely bravo. 2022 has been a, a wonderful year for them. They want to forget about 2021 and their previous owner, all the unrest at the club, you know, manager issues. Everything was just looking a bit nasty at Newcastle, wasn't it? Um, but they've got new owners in. Things are looking bright. A few new players in. They won 12 of the 19 games. They only lost two. Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, Everton and Chelsea. I just think, my goodness, Joe Linton has been sublime. I think a bit of a breakthrough star, Bruno Guimaraes as well. Yeah, everything's looking really exciting, isn't it? And very, very bright for Newcastle. I'd be so intrigued to see what they do uh, next season as, as this team kind of are completely revived. Eddie Howe got a Premier League Manager of the Year nominee, which I think is, is well-deserved. I think I'm going to give them a big fat B for Bravo. <laughs> Uh, I've got Crystal Palace in 12th and I've given them a C plus 48 points for this season. They've only topped that tally once before in their Premier League history as well. Uh, on the good side, the pass accuracy went up 4% this season from the 17th best to the 10th best in the league. And look, much of their success has been about the revamp under Patrick Vieira. Uh, perhaps I'm a harsh judge and I don't know what I was expecting, but the C plus comes from the fact that they, that they haven't been brilliant all season. They've definitely been building. It took a while, didn't it, for his plans to start to bear fruit. But from February onwards, the last three months, I think they can be applauded for those. Uh, there have been some great results. 2-0 against Manchester City, 3-0 against both London clubs, 1-0 at home to Manchester United on the final day. So well done, Crystal Palace. C plus for you. Lindsay. B plus for Brentford. And people might be thinking, wow, Lindsay's more generous than Kate is you to are Crystal Palace. But this was a debut season in the Premier League, the very True. first time they'd even got there. And I think we should remind people that round about Christmas, January, it was looking like Brentford were going to get pulled into a relegation fight. Let's credit Thomas Frank for the last 11 games of the season. They have been fifth in the table in terms of form, which I think is incredible for a team that are in their first uh, soiree into Premier League football. Two points off third place Spurs in that time. So if, the, you know, you look over that and, and the way that they've managed to finish the season, super impressive. Of course, that coincides as well with Christian Eriksen going to the club. The fact they managed to get that signature over the line, what a coup. So yeah, Brentford B plus and it will be hard to better that for them. Aston Villa, Hayley. Okay, I, th I feel like there's a bit of a theme with my grades. I'm going for another B- minus <laughs> for Aston Villa. I know that Steven Gerrard is sort of gradually imprinting his philosophies. He's trying to shore up uh, a bit of a poor defence. He's demanding more quality on the ball from his side, isn't he? But when you look at where Villa are compared to last season in, in 14th right now, 10 fewer points and three places worst off. Now, they were 16th when Gerard took over, of course. Just two points clear of relegation. They finished 10 points clear. They've got Coutinho, which I just think was an absolute masterstroke. I think their midfield is looking pretty impressive. You, you've got um, Kamara uh, as well, highly rated uh, defender to throw in there. You've got uh, Jacob Ramsey, I think has been, I guess, the story of, of Villa's season. Uh, the sky's the limit, I think, for, for him. I think Steven Gerrard will not be afraid to bring in a few more youth prospects too. I absolutely love John McGinn. He's one of my absolute favourite players in the Premier League. And I think he's been sublime for, for Aston Villa. I think it's been a 
few individuals that have really shone. Matty Cash, another who's done pretty well throughout the course of the campaign. So I think a few little individuals have definitely helped pull everything together for Aston Villa. And with Steven Gerrard, I think next season's going to be exciting. I think he's going to be able to pull in a couple of other big names this summer, bring in a few young players, and he's going to have a really nice blend there. So I'll give them a, a B minus. And, and next season, if they can finish above uh, maybe 13th position, then they're cruising. Mm, Southampton for me in 15th, and I've given them a D because I'm not really sure where they're going. And the final 10 matches of the season, only three sides of Europe's top five leagues picked up fewer points than Southampton's five points. And I just would like to see, I don't know whether it's a plan, whether it's a bit of inspiration through what they're doing. It's important that Hassan Hootel is able to build his side properly. You could argue that he hasn't really had the cash to do that. The club's had two 15th place finishes and an 11th place finished in the last three seasons. It just feels pretty frustrating and like we're used to seeing many more exciting things from Southampton. So the D is really that I don't really know where mm. they're going. Uh, thank God for James Ward-Prowse. That's all I can say. Mm. I think pretty much he can be uh, the one to be responsible for them still being in the Premier League. But yeah, lots of work to do at Southampton. 16th place was Everton. I've got to give them an F. I think F represents the fact that they managed to stay up, but let's not cloud the fact that it's been a dismal season. If it had been a U, which is ungraded, that would have been if they'd have actually been relegated. Um, but we'll give them an F, one up from that. Um, 39 points is their joint worst tally in the Premier League era. 20 fewer points than last season. I, I just don't think that Everton can look back on this in, in any way that's positive. I know they had a positive finish by staying up, but really, was anyone expecting Everton to be in a relegation battle? The size of the club, mm. the amount that they've spent on players. And I'm sure there's still a lot to play out with financial fair players, well, both Leeds and Burnley registering complaints. There is a massive overhaul needed here. F for failure, F for Frank, how long's that going to stay there? I don't know, because this is a team <laughs> that needs a lot of work. Mm. Can I just use F for fans there? But they wouldn't get an F, they would get an A for Everton for the last few games of the season. I think they kept them mm. up. Leeds United, I think the jury is still out, isn't it, on, on Marsh? But he should be given a lot of credit for helping, of course, secure Leeds' um, status in the Premier League for, for another season. But only, only just I'm going to give them I think I'm going to give them a D because they did manage to stay up but D in their defense whoa 79 goals they conceded only five fewer than Norwich yeah it was their final run of games wasn't it that that, that absolutely managed to to save their lives only three defeats and they were against extremely tough opposition the top six Chelsea Arsenal and uh, Manchester City. You've got to remember, though, last season's top scorer, Patrick Banford, actually only played nine Premier League games this season. He, he had an injury-ravaged campaign, so I think we've got to remember that. Um, however, Rafinha um, showed why he needs to still be at Leeds next season for, for the fans, for the club. But I am pretty sure there'll be people desperately wanting to snap him up. But Leeds just have to keep the nucleus together to improve on that big, fat but they stayed up, so congrats to them. Uh, let's go quickly through the final three, all relegated. Burnley in 18th, I've given them a D. Their six-year stay in the Premier League ended. The points total has just gone down season by season. I think they've lost a bit of something since the departure of Sean Dyche. Just pretty uninspiring. Um, it has to be said uh, that they weren't an E because they weren't relegated until the final day. So they were still in the mix all the way through. 
but the manner of their defeat by Newcastle kind of summed it up for me. So D for Burnley in 18th. 19th Watford, they do get an E, Kate. E for egg on their face, uh, managing to change their managers so much, it finally caught up with them. Uh, An uninspired as well appointment, I think, with Roy Hodgson. And yeah, I don't think we need to say any more. They were in the drop zone since mid-January and they stayed there. Norwich. Norwich, yeah. Absolutely rock bottom. F for absolute failure. Sorry, Norwich. Okay, I haven't given you a U for ungraded because you did get one more point than when you were last in the Premier League. But yeah, Norwich, F, and I think they're on free fall. Okay, we'll round it up there. You can send in your own opinions, of course. Disagree, agree. Uh, It could be wildly different to us. Get them in at Offside Rule Pod. two then let's head on to this despite the season uh, not coming to a close until this Saturday's Champions League final there are a number of transfers that have already been completed so let's do a little check which players are up on the transfer board um, with done deals already Um, Lindsay do you want to get us started with one that our listeners might have missed we know that Haaland's coming to the Premier League. That's had enough coverage. So let's go with ones that people might not have heard of. Uh, in fact, when we were doing our run-through of teams, Hayley, it was you that mentioned mm. um, Bubakar Kamara, 22-year-old defensive midfielder. He can also play at centre-back, one of those versatile defenders who signed for Villa on a free transfer, a five-year deal. It seems to have been buried a little bit because Coutinho also um, secured his future at Aston Villa. But I actually think this is the one that all fans should be cooing about at Villa Park, Kamara, because you're getting a player a little bit like Haaland, who's at his prime, just 22. He's got his best years to come, hopefully in the Premier League. He had been linked with Chelsea before. He'd been linked with Man United, um, 170 appearances for Marseille. And, and yeah, I think he is going to make a huge difference to Aston Villa's defence next season. So I'm going to go for him. I've picked out one that we've been talking about uh, for most of the season, really, about where he's going to go. Uh, we knew that Divock Origi was going to leave Liverpool. AC Milan had been rumoured for at least the last few months. He's gone for first team opportunities at the Serie A champs. And at um, 27, he's still got plenty left in the bank. Uh, he's got a one eye on a World Cup spot as well with ben, with Belgium. I think it works for all parties, this one. Klopp couldn't guarantee him first team football. And he leaves Liverpool a cult hero, does Origi. He's a super sub who doesn't need a run-up to produce the goals. Um, for example, that Champions League final against Spurs in 2019, he made sure Liverpool were never in danger uh, by taking it to uh, a 2-0 scoreline. Obviously, uh, Liverpool eventually winning that 2-0. In the semi-finals that year as well, by the way, he scored twice against Barcelona to instigate a dramatic comeback for Liverpool at Anfield. And those are those moments that you don't forget. Still in the hearts of Liverpool fans, but we wish him well. Mm. Divock Origi to AC Milan. Mm. Well, he's leaving. Fabio Carvalho is coming in, isn't he, from from Fulham? I think a really exciting prospect, I think, coming into Liverpool. He might start as a bit of a rotation option um, whilst he sort of adapts to, to, to playing for Liverpool. But goodness me, what an option to have. He's quite little. He's not afraid of a tackle. He carries the ball absolutely brilliantly. He was above and beyond many with his, his touch and control uh, in the championship. He's very down to earth. I've been reading a little bit about him and his original club balance 
Fulham FC. Um, he keeps his head down, concentrates on football. I think a seven million might end up being a little bit of a bargain for this Portuguese under twenty one international. He's actually played forty four times for Fulham since he made his debut back in September twenty twenty. I think he's going to be somebody that's going to love playing for Liverpool. That not expected to jump straight into the first team uh, at all, but yeah, one to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one too. Hayley, whilst he was playing for Fulham, he did make a few appearances in the. Premier League so he's not a fish out of water by any means miles ahead I think in you know skills wise control and touch than most of the other players in the championship I, I just wonder whether Klopp might sit him a little bit further back because he's not mm. afraid to tackle maybe he'll but but the whole point is uh, Klopp will uh, try things out uh, and uh, work out where he thinks Fabio Carvello's talents lie but yeah really looking forward to seeing him in action Lynn, who else have you got? A quick mention for done deals from Chelsea. We've got two teammates who are going to be rivals next season. Andreas Christensen and Antonio Rudiger both leaving Chelsea, but for different sides of Spain. Uh, Christensen moves to Barcelona. That hasn't been officially announced yet, but we understand that deal has been done. And Rudiger is going to Real Madrid, um, apparently £200,000 a week in wages for him. Uh, Four-year deal, that's all gone over the line and um, I think he will be hugely missed. I think he's the one that for Chelsea, when they're doing their business this summer, are going to have the the hugest task trying to plug that gap. They might even need two players to replace him. Mm. Uh, we know that there are outgoings at Manchester United, but I don't think we've we've got anything chalked up on the board yet, have we, Hayley? No, possibly Lingard might be going back to West Ham. They're going to go back in. I don't think it would be a bad thing for him to make a move there. I think he, he will absolutely flourish. But it's, yeah, goodbye Pogba, Cavani, Mata, Matic, goodness me. Quite a few going on a free Pogba. I mean, uh, the absolute worst bit of business that I think has ever been done in Manchester United's history. (laughs) But five of those players, those five I've mentioned, are being paid, reportedly, 950 grand a week. So they might not be getting money for Pogba, but they'll certainly save on what, you know, their their outgoings are at, at the moment. Well, of course, we'll all be watching what happens in the transfer window with excitement in the off-season. A quick reminder that you can listen to the Athletic Women's Football podcast. This week, Lindsay and I are joined by Arsenal and England centurion Rachel Yankee and Billy the Dog and Rachel's new baby Sienna and some thunderous sound effects as well. It was like the epic show to end all shows when we recorded this. Uh, We talked through the mega Women's Champions League final as well as promotion for Southampton to the championship as well. Uh, And a quick plug, because during the summer, you will get daily shows from the Women's European Championship. So look forward to full coverage from the Euros this summer. I said earlier on the coach... It's been brilliant to win my first title. I want to thank everyone, but the main person I want to the main person that I want to thank is Bernardo Silva for coming off in the 70th minute because he was miles off it yesterday. Okay, well we've seen a bit of celebrating so far this season, <laughs> uh, haven't we? Jack Grealish thoroughly enjoying himself on Monday night at Man City's title celebrations, the first trophy of his career. Um, understandably elated, the former Villa captain, well, he clearly had a few drinks, hadn't he? And was uh, teasing his teammates on Man City's live streams, saying that Bernardo's substitution was crucial because he was well off it and Mares was playing like Almiron. 
<laughs> um, I absolutely love that. Um, it reminded me that there are some special moments from recent history when players and teams have celebrated. And I wonder if we could remember a few of those to finish off the podcast today. Um, who wants to go first? Well, before we get into celebrations, I will let Hayley go first. But can I just point out that Gareth Bale skipped Real Madrid's title celebrations <laughs> yeah, <laughs> due to a, a bad back spasm? Of course. We all get those, don't we? I wonder if we rewind a topic, whether um, it'll eventually happen that Gareth Bale maybe joins his boyhood club, Cardiff. That could happen at some point. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd mention Simulis. He wasn't involved in the celebrations. We cannot talk about him doing anything untoward because he wasn't there. <laughs> okay. Uh, give us some other famous title or trophy celebrations, please. Who wants to go first? I, I quite like it when things happen that you don't expect, like trophies being dropped and run over like Real Madrid. Do you remember recently as well Jurgen Klopp nearly falling out of the team bus? It was 2019 of course there was a big victory parade. Um, Jurgen Klopp was on the top of the bus. Now it was a bus that was very very open. He was just kind of sitting on the edge of it and the bus came to a bit of an abrupt halt and he goes absolutely flying and just manages to stop himself from falling from the top of this double decker flat on his face amongst the fans. Although if there were a lot of fans around him I'm sure they would have probably gathered him up and, and lifted him, you know, like when they lift a manager on the pitch and, and give him the bumps and the cheers and whatnot. So he would have been in safe hands, I imagine. But I do love it when stuff like that happens. And of course, yeah, Real Madrid, when the trophy um, fell off, it got dropped, didn't it? And then the bus actually ran over it while celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently yeah. it was absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lindsay. A player who has never managed to live down celebrations, a trophy lift, is John Terry because he turned oh. up in full kit. It's full kit John Terry um, in 2012 when Chelsea beat Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And <laughs> then he emerged, didn't he, from the dressing room because he was club captain in full playing kit, having missed the match through suspension. And then all of those photographs that we've seen on social media since went viral. However, it didn't end there because this is the bit that I think doesn't get made as much of is that Manuel Neuer, who was on the receiving end of that in 2012, fast forward five years, he clearly had remembered what John Terry had done because he'd been injured in 2017, but he hobbled in full playing kit to lift his fifth Bundesliga trophy at the Allianz <laughs> Arena. Um, and it's just got all the photos of him, but he didn't get nearly as much slack for it. Um, oh, you think no. you think that the hobbled boot as well and getting all his playing kit on over that massive leg brace would have been hard work and clearly had taken inspiration from John Terry. So yeah, full kit celebrations despite not playing in the final matches um, are ones that I love like to uh -huh. bring up. Look, Doogie, the producer, uh, our lovely Doogie sent us uh, a clip of the Australian FA chairman Frank Lowey falling over while trying to present Melbourne victory mm -hmm. with the A-League Grand Final trophy. Uh, look it up if you can, by the way. He just basically falls off the stage. Uh, apparently, um, had he had too much to drink? I don't know. That may just be malicious rumour, but he falls off the stage and the players are holding the trophy, looking over the edge of the stage with completely blank expressions. They're just, I don't know whether it's shock, fear, or whether they're trying not to, I, I've, I've no idea, but the guy takes a tumble, 
uh, straight off. Um, and Lindsay, we should mention Millie Bright, shouldn't we? Who, yes. Um, yeah, last yeah. year, so last season's Women's FA Cup final was played in December because of the COVID delay. Mm. And um, uh, Millie, uh, the, the Chelsea vice captain, and Magdalena Eriksson, the captain of Chelsea, were holding the trophy aloft with its top on, and the top fell off and managed to split open Millie Bright's eyebrow. There were plenty of jokes this year so whether the same would happen again when Chelsea won it for a second time but yeah poor old Millie Bright with an eyebrow injury I've got a very quick one because I have absolutely no idea where this tradition comes from but when Chelsea was celebrating in 2015 winning the Premier League fans throw celery at the players and the bus it's really weird apparently it is a tradition but they did an open top bus <laughs> tour thousands of sticks of celery were thrown at the players and then Diego Costa got really annoyed by it he started collecting them all up and and lobbing them back at the fans but quite aggressively <laughs> if you if you go and Take search that, that online it's really funny you just see him throwing celery off 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 the team bus in a very kind oh, of a ang- angry which, manner which year was it when um, do you remember when man city won the ti- i think they retained the title that year and i just have a vague recollection of they went down the pub Vincent Company grabbed like John Stones and I think it was Bernardo Silva and someone else and there were scenes of them in a pub celebrating down the boozer but um, yeah that must have been the first time they retained the title hadn't it a quick word for Germany who celebrated their World Cup win in Brazil in 2014 and too managed to drop the trophy but the Jules Rimet trophy um, apparently the president of the German Football Federation Wolfgang Nierschbach had to admit that they damaged it and said, don't worry, a small piece was chipped off, but we have specialists who can repair this. There was, of course, a full investigation, as you'd expect, a very thorough investigation, uh, but nothing was unearthed. We still don't know what happened to it. And they also got in trouble, by the way, for celebrating the World Cup win with pop star Rihanna. She was pictured holding the trophy despite FIFA directives saying that only the winners of the tournament and heads of state can actually touch it. So trouble all round for Germany. Well, that's a case of, do you know who I am, isn't it? Um, from Rihanna there, <laughs> thinking that it entitles her to anything. Well, that's it for our three topics this week. I feel like we've started as we've gone on, Lindsay, because we've got no time for any other business again. No. Well, that's it. We're going to have to reinvent this for next season um, and bring it with a full comeback, full kit. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's an important period of rest ahead. Hayley, I know you've got to go. Lots of love. Thank you for listening, everyone. And Lindsay, it's time for us to, well, we've got the Women's Euros to concentrate on, haven't we? Uh, But as ever, it's been so lovely to be joined by you both. And big thank you to our listeners as well. We had some lovely messages, by the way, um, after the discussions about Jake Daniels, Blackpool's Jake Daniels last week that we had in the podcast. So thank you for those. Um, And it's just been a pleasure looking after everyone, hasn't it, Lindsay? It has. And we love hearing from you. So please stay in touch, even if it's quiet over the summer we are still on the end of an at offside rule pod message you've been listening to the offside rule part of the athletic podcast network keep up to date with everything offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at offside rule pod on twitter and insta check out all of the athletics football podcasts on apple spotify and all the usual places or listen ad free on the athletic app Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.